Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. Welcome to Shifting the Perspective, Presbyopia and Patient Needs in the Modern Age. This special episode of the Mod Pod has been developed and sponsored by Allergan, an AVI company. The presenters are paid consultants. In this episode, Dr. Selena McGee, the visionary founder of Precision Vision of Edmond in Edmond, Oklahoma, discusses the frustrations of treating presbyopia and how optometrists can engage with patients to address this unmet need. some new data to share and we're going to talk about shifting the perspective presbyopia and patient needs in the modern age so our world is changing and rapidly in the last three months you know it looks like nothing that we could ever have imagined and our patients and the fact that their visual demands have increased and what they're experiencing are unprecedented you know in pre-covid it was like that but but during COVID and post-COVID, you know, our patients are working from home. They're, they're doing things that we never thought possible. We hear our patients tell us that all the time, that are presbyopic. So, Doc, you know, I, I can see well when I have good light. What's that about? We're going to dig into this a little bit more. And I, I really want to look at this, and no pun intended, through a little different lens because our world has changed so dramatically. So let's just look at a case study. So this was a patient that, that urgently called. 42-year-old female complains of seemingly sudden vision loss, blurriness in both eyes upon awakening, no discomfort or ocular pain, um, but she wanted to be seen immediately. And upon examination, you know, she, her near vision was uncorrected to 2040. Distance vision was 2025, but she pinholed to 2020. Uh, pressures were normal, anterior posterior sag was normal. So, you know, at this point, what's your differential diagnosis? Does presbyopia come to like top of mind when you have a patient like this? It doesn't for me and it didn't until I looked at this research and then it didn't until she came in and this was what was happening. And because we treat this every day and we have patients that, you know, we've treated for many years with this condition, there's danger in that because we can become numb to this but we have to remember that for that patient sitting in our chair, this is the first time they've experienced it. And so there's an emotional component to that. And we have to really dig into that information to really you know, be able to alleviate some of that fear. And this can become an actual real health issue. I actually had another patient that presented treat with a triage patient and what had happened is she was at home she's quite adept at putting drops in her eyes but she had reached in her bathroom cabinet for a bottle of art what she thought was artificial tears and she couldn't see it but it was the right color and the right size and so she put it in right eye and left eye quickly because remember she's good at putting drops in and before she realized what had happened it was actually artificial nail glue that you put like fake nails on that she had just put in her eye. So if you've ever had somebody even with super glue, that comes out, you know, kind of in a big hunk. Um, sometimes you have to, you know, clip eyelashes, but artificial nail glue, like when you touch that, it just breaks into more little pieces. 
So it took us better, you know, the better part of an hour to pick all of those little pieces out of her right eye and her left eye. She had bilateral 360 degree corneal, basically abrasions, burns. She looked like she'd had PRK. And she was petrified because absolutely she could not see and she was in an excruciating amount of pain. And so that's when presbyopia can be more than just a nuisance condition. This can be a real health issue. So, you know, the frustration factor, it's not just our patients that are frustrated. Physicians are frustrated too, because honestly, our patients are frustrated, right? And this is real. And it really goes beyond the seemingly simple fact of not being able to do near work. There's an emotional component as well as a quality of life issue here. For many people, when they hit presbyopia, that's their first sign of mortality. This is the first thing that comes up that they realize, I'm not young anymore. And so there's a big piece to that that we, we can't gloss over. We have to be able to talk about that with our patients. You know, and said no patient ever. You know, how many of you have ever had a patient where you told them that they needed bifocals or a progressive lens and they were like, awesome, yes, I'm so glad I came in today. <laughs> right? No one. You know, how great is it to have three pairs of reading glasses that I can't find? And my favorite is, you know, I love having gigantic text on my screen because I want to read at 42 point font with one word on a page or, you know, have my kids have to read something to me because I can't see it. And then it's not just the patients, you know, this is, this is us too, you know, disgruntled emotropic presbyopes. I can't get enough, you know, extra chair time spent on multifocal contact lenses. And how great is it that we have the, the opportunity to make our patients feel old? <laughs> These are real conversations. And so it's not just the patient, it's us too that are, that's frustrated with this uh, condition. So presbyopia, it is inevitable and it affects more people than ever. And we should be so fortunate to have enough birthdays to get presbyopia. How many people are affected globally? 1.8 billion. How many Americans are presbyopic? 128 million. But let's look at something really interesting. How many people do you think buy their reading glasses at the drugstore? 31 million. 31 million people are buying reading glasses at the drugstore in the US. So let's put that into perspective that, that we can all understand and deal with every day. How many cataract surgeries did we do last year? Around 4 million. How many glaucoma patients? About 3 million, a million and a half are currently being treated because the other 1.5 don't know they have it. How many of those people do you think are in that 31 million? Could there be glaucoma patients that, that are in that, that are buying reading glasses at the drugstore? Um, 31 million patients is a huge opportunity for us. And this is a modern problem, right? 20 years ago, you know, Steve Jobs hadn't invented the iPhone. That came along in 2007. But fast forward to today, and we've got screens and smartphones, and American adults spend 11 hours per day watching, reading, interacting with media. And that was pre-COVID. If you look at post-COVID numbers, it's actually even higher. So we're checking our phone 96 times per day. So once every 10 minutes, I am made aware of the effect that I can't see and I'm getting older. 96 times a day, this is a reminder. <laughs> 
And I don't know about you guys, but several years ago, we started utilizing text in our office. I, I really like high touch points in our office. And so we call our patients to check on them with their contact lenses, with their glasses, with um, any procedure that we do, we call them. But what we found was we were spending a lot of time calling and not talking to anyone. So we switched to a system where we text and it really revolutionized and changed our whole patient interaction because people want to text, including the baby boomers. They're seven times more likely to text than talk in person. And so, you know, using tablets and smartphones nearly four hours a day, plus what they're doing at work on screens. And my patients, just like yours, are staring at multiple screens. So I think my highest record is six screens on a desk. That was an accountant. I have a lot of people that are in oil and gas, four to five screens typically. So this is a modern problem that we have the expertise to address and discuss. This was a survey that was over 1,300 patients aged 40 to 55. And this is you know, what they struggle with, what their issues that they typically experienced with near vision loss. So reading in low light situations, before COVID when we could go to restaurants, you know, sometimes it looked like a U2 concert with all the backlit phones so that people could actually read their menu in this gorgeous restaurant with this great ambiance. And I do in fact look forward to restaurants being open where we can do that again. But you know, reading menus, reading newspapers, reading medication bottles, looking at documents, you know, social media, looking at labels and price tags at the store, cooking, you know, being able to see a recipe and not have to, you know, have something on while your hands are busy, that's, that's frustrating for our patients. And so the vast majority of our patients are impacted by presbyopia symptoms. And so when they were asked, 96% said they were somewhat impacted, but 46% said they were extremely impacted and at least one daily activity was affected by presbyopia. So almost half are extremely impacted. So this really is a true quality of life issue. And so the emotional piece of this, I think can sometimes be lost if we don't really intentionally dig into this with our patients. The new definition of accommodation equals workarounds. So our patients are very clever. They will come up with these things on their own. They'll you know, color code keys. They'll use a large makeup mirror that's 7X magnification to put on their makeup, which if you've ever done that, makes your makeup can be pretty garish. Plus there's, there's things at 7X that you should never see. <laughs> and think about our patients that wind up getting you know, eyeliner or eyebrows tattooed on. And then we've got, you know, the phone with the text blown up. And then, you know, here's our blood pressure medications with a huge sticky note on it so that we know that that is blood pressure medications because at some point that got mixed up or they wouldn't have gone to that extreme. And then there's more, you know, much more dramatic workarounds, if you will. What other types of workarounds do you guys, I'm sure you guys have heard of, you know, some, some clever ones and then some that just seem absurd. So we have an opportunity to address patient satisfaction. And here's our current treatment options. We've got glasses, you know, all the way from single vision glasses to progressives, you know, flat top trifocals, bifocals. We've got contact lenses, soft lenses, all the way to GP translating designs, refractive surgery, corneal inlays, um, presbyopic implantation, you know, clear lens exchange. So 
even with all of these current treatment options, our patients are still frustrated. And in fact, 90% are frustrated or irritated with presbyopia when we surveyed them. And they want glasses to be more comfortable, more convenient, and have better aesthetic performance. Of the contact lens wearers, there was 28% in this group who were contact lens wearers. 40% discontinued because of the comfort of the lenses. And then another 29% said, you know what, it's just too much hassle. And 81% of those patients said they would probably or definitely not wear them again. So two thirds of presbyopes seek help, but only half receive the needed information. So 62% of presbyopes did see an eye care provider in the last 12 months. 79% did initiate conversations with their eye care provider about near vision loss symptoms. 52% got the information that they needed and that they, that they asked about. 15% did get printed information. So what does this tell us? 50% did not get the information that they needed. Isn't there a huge opportunity to increase the education to reduce that frustration? There's massive opportunity there because 50% are not getting it. So in summary, where are we today? We have a changing population. Aging generations are increasing reliant on digital media. And this will blow your mind because it did mine. This is the first year that millennials turn 40. So depending on the study, millennials were born in 1980 or 1981. They're gonna turn 40 this year or next year. They are completely grew up in the digital media age. You know, so let's look at next opportunity. We have evolving patient needs. Visual acuity is only one aspect that contributes to patient satisfaction. You know, I've had patients, I know you guys have, you know, they're in a, multi, a multifocal soft contact lens. Their vision's 20-20 at distance. It's 20-20 up close. And what do they tell us? I'm not safe to drive in these. I cannot function like this, even though their vision's 20-20. And so their needs are just greater and different. And there's an awareness gap. 50% of people aren't getting the information that they needed, and 90% are more frustrated with their vision. So there's opportunities here. So what can we start doing tomorrow that's different? We can engage our patients with intentional dialogue about presbyopia. We can provide better education. We can connect with our patients in a meaningful way so that we truly understand their daily activities and what they're going through. And then we can prescribe the best treatment option now. We are and should be our patient's trusted advisor. There's an incredible opportunity for optometry to address this huge unmet need. And let's just look at the 31 million people that are buying reading glasses at the drugstore. I want those 31 million people in your chair being educated by you because you are the expert. So knowing what you know now about presbyopia and how our patients are feeling, what are you gonna do different tomorrow?